Today, here on Cincy Business Talk with Mike Roth, Cincinnati's most experienced Sandler trainer. We'll be talking to business leaders about how they have grown their businesses and people. We discuss new strategies, tactics, and philosophies which lead to positive growth in our marketplace. Our program is sponsored by Sandler Training by Roth & Associates. Each week, we'll talk with our best Cincinnati area top executives about their tools and insights. Our regular listeners will be given the edge that will help them win in a competitive environment which we live. Simple solutions to complex problems which challenge all of us are rarely correct. We will address complex problems or opportunities with appropriate solutions. If you have questions or comments, contact Mike at MikeRoth at RothConsulting.net or call Mike at 513-753-9400. Now your host, Cincinnati's most experienced Sandler trainer, Mike Roth. Thanks, Scott. This is Mike Roth. I'm here today with Missy Kirkpatrick of the Lindale Golf Club. Before we go on with the show, let me... Uh, Remind everyone that next week we're going to have Mike Luce from uh, the Helios Film Festival. This is going to be the first year for the Helios Film Festival here in Cincinnati. It's going to be held at the Holiday Inn in Eastgate, and you can go out to their website, and Mike will talk about that next week. A couple of things that are coming up here in, in, in the world of Sandler. Next week we have a show, a, a program on... LinkedIn, based on the uh, new Sandler book, LinkedIn, The Sandler Way. Uh, that program is going to be on Wednesday from 8 a.m. to 10.30. you need a reservation for that program, you can get a hold of Brittany at 513-753-9400, extension 106, to make a reservation for that program. If you are a Sandler President's Club member, we're going to do an advanced LinkedIn program based on the three years of work we've done with LinkedIn on Monday morning from 8 to 10. Let's see what's happening later in the month. We have a Sandler two-day boot camp. Day one is on August, I think, 22nd or 23rd, and the second day is in uh, September. Again, contact Brittany if you're interested in that. And we have our uh, management program this month, Business Leaders Workshop, Thursday, August 20th. That's going to cover how to build a sales-driven team. Let me tell everyone, Missy, about you. Missy Kirkpatrick is the owner-operator uh, with her family of the Lindale and Taylor Glen Public Golf Courses in Claremont County. Ten years ago, Missy and her husband, Dusty, purchased Taylor Glen Golf Club in a partnership with her father-in-law, who did all the original excavation for both golf courses. The courses were built about 20 years ago. Six years ago, they purchased Lindale. At that time, Missy, you resigned your job as a high school teacher and and IT instructor. Mm -hmm. Okay, you could probably help me fix all these bugaboos we're having here today. You were in Weston Brown High School. Uh, together with your sons uh, and Dusty, you've taken uh, pride in having a family-owned and operated golf course with the motto, a well-maintained course at an affordable price. That's an interesting motto. Uh, since 
since beginning to play golf herself, you mean you bought into the golf club before right. you learned how to play golf and it took you five years after you bought in? Yes. After you dropped your teaching job uh, to learn how to play golf? Yes. I guess you don't have to learn how to play golf to, to run a course. No. No, okay. Uh, since then, since since you learned how to play golf five years ago, uh, Missy has been encouraging women to play golf and offer, offers free workshops and, and on-the-field instruction. Um, uh, what does on-the-field instruction mean? Does that mean on the golf course? Yes. Ah, uh, okay. Yes. And... Uh, it's Missy's desire to offer women an opportunity to experience the game in a non-intimidating, fun, and friendly, interactive environment while feeling comfortable and excited about playing golf. Yes. That's good. So, maybe in your own words, Missy, uh, why don't you tell our listeners uh, how you came to the decision with your husband uh, and you being a school teacher, high school teacher. How many years were you a high school teacher? Seven. Seven. Uh, what made you leave the comfort of being a high school teacher to take up entrepreneurship and especially something like a golf course? Yeah. Well, Mike, that's a question I think I ask myself uh, on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. But the whole part of this coming up was um, my husband worked in a factory for um almost 20 years. And mm-hmm. so when this opportunity came up for him, our boys were younger. We thought, well, this would be a good investment. This would be a way to get him out of the factory, you know, working with his dad. And um, they played golf themselves, so they were already into the game. Mm-hmm. So that seemed like a perfect fit for us. Um, I was older when I went back to school and got my teaching degree, so that's why I had only been teaching for a short period of time. Um, I was fine with being the teacher and running the golf course on the weekends, doing all the financial and accounting things. But then when the opportunity to purchase Lindale became available, the courses are just three miles apart. Mm -hmm. We felt that that course would provide um, even more growth and more investment for us and our family, especially having the two boys as a part of, you know, our upcoming for their lifestyle. Mm -hmm. So when we took on the purchase of that, which um, took a couple of years actually to be able to obtain it, I recognize the high demand then to run both courses and to run them effectively and efficiently and things like that, that it was going to require more than just my weekend hours and to balance all of that. So that's together with my husband, we decided that it was time to step from being the high school teacher into being a full-time golf course owner and manager. So you bought the uh, Taylor Glenn course first? Yes. We had it for 10 years. Mm -hmm. This is our 10th season. Um, and then it was six years ago, so we had only had Taylor a little over four years before we bought Lindale. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And uh, I assume you went to a uh, small business loan, SBA loan, for the financing? Actually, the way that worked out was the existing uh, lender for the original owner. Mm-hmm. We had purchased through that with Taylor Glenn. So then when it came time to purchase for Lindale, we went through that same establishment, you know, having already acquired the same bank. Or the same bank, yeah. Mm-hmm. So they knew you. They knew you were actually paying off on the loan. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What, was it a major bank or a, or, or a small local bank? Major bank. Major bank. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yes. Some people like to, to, to talk about the uh, the SBA program and how they use that. You didn't mm-hmm. use that. Did not. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Good. Uh, you, you found a friendly banker. Yes. That, that that's important. Uh, 
when you and your husband originally made the, is your is is his dad still involved with the business? Yes. Yes. Okay. Uh, and your husband's involved full time with the business. Correct. Okay. Why don't you tell our listeners how you divide the responsibilities of running these two golf courses up between uh, you, your husband, your, uh, your father-in-law, and mm-hmm. your two sons? Right. So originally, what we did was my father-in-law and and his, or Dusty and his dad, they took care of Taylor Glenn, and then. Our sons then at that time when we bought Lindale, they came over to Lindale with me. So him and his dad basically stayed at Taylor, and we were at Lindale. And, of course, we have other staff that we've hired um, to help us as well. So the responsibilities, um, my oldest son actually went back, or after he graduated high school, got his uh, grass and turf management degree, also has his pesticide license spraying. So he was able to take over those responsibilities for both courses overseeing the, the spray and the, and the greenskeeping side of it. Um, so the responsibilities, I'm definitely at the top of the hierarchy with all the financial and the bookkeeping and the record keeping and the hiring and training and, and that type of thing. And then it just goes down to the mowing staff. Um, my son supervises his staff and my husband supervises his staff. So they basically have it established that way. But the inside help is all with me and the training there. Which Do you is, use staff on both, cor- uh, both courses interchangeably? We do. We have the capability to send um, staff members from one location to the other, but they're basically set up to work at that one facility. Mm-hmm. So each one of the two golf courses is its own profit center. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm a little confused. Maybe you know, if you were a Starbucks, I could understand why you want to have mm-hmm. a Starbucks on on every street corner. Why would you want to have two golf courses? Uh, so close together. We didn't make that decision as far as building them that close together, obviously. But at the time, 20 years ago, that's when you had um, a lot of people, um, Tiger Woods, up and coming in golf. Like that was the big um, push for golf. Everybody wanted to be a golfer. And so they were just the gentlemen that created those courses, put them close together. So for us as a business standpoint having them like that we do have some you know the relationship is there that if one course is having an outing the other course can um, take those golfers that just want to play golf and vice versa um, and then you know with a so you have a common reservation system what do you mean by that i call into lindale and the time the tea times that i want aren't available uh, you you can look in and see. Oh well, we have a t- Taylor Glenn. We don't. We don't do it. We don't have computerized systems with our tee times. We still do it the old-fashioned way with paper and pencil. Mm-hmm. Um, we find there's less errors when you do it that way. We tried to use even Excel spreadsheets one time, and that was a nightmare with with the different staff members trying to input the information. What we will do though is we will recommend that they call over, give them the phone number, or if we have someone that just comes up to the course and says, oh, "I didn't make a tee time," and we might be booked at Lindale, I'll say, "Let me call over to Taylor." see if we can get you on at that course. So we do try to provide that customer service. Mm-hmm. Uh, how busy is your course on a weekend? The weekends can be extremely busy, especially that 7 o'clock till like 11 o'clock. That seems when all the golfers want to come out and play. We do eight-minute um, increments on the tee sheet for the mm-hmm. scheduling. Then we have that, kind of That the assumes break. there are four players per foursome. Yes. Yes, we like the four players per foursome, but a lot of times we get two. Sometimes individuals just come out and play by themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, later in the afternoon, that's when do you, we're... Do you, if an individual comes out, uh, will you add them to a twosome or a, or, or, 
or a threesome to make we a foursome? We do not. We do not do that. That's one of the uniqueness about our golf courses versus maybe some of the other establishments that would pair them together. Um, I personally am not someone that likes to be paired with someone randomly if I don't know their level of play. And mm-hmm. that, you know, that's probably why I look at it as we won't pair them together. But just note that if you're a single and there's a bunch of foursomes ahead of you, you're probably not going to play very fast. You might be slowed down with the pace of play because you're not in a foursome. Mm-hmm. But there are times we see uh, two people come in together and mm-hmm. then they pair, pair up. And so that's been known to happen, but they choose that on their side. You know, we have uh, at least one client in the financial services world who intentionally uh, goes to the uh, to the golf pro. you have a golf pro at your, at your clubs? We do not. Oh. We do not. And the reason for that, there's a couple of reasons for that. One is a golf pro in, an, in a golf course business is going to um, have us to pay a lot more to a professional pro to be there. Our course being family-owned and operated, um, it's a course you can go play and feel good about your score. It's, has, it's forgiving in the sense of if you hit it out of bounds or hit it you know, off your fairway or off your mark, you have a good recovery shot to come back into the fairway and finish out. So with pros, I feel as a general manager myself, that's serving the golfers in general, Um, not needing a pro necessarily to provide golf lessons or um, things like that. We don't have a pro shop that's uh, filled with merchandise or, or things that would require having someone of the certified level of being a pro, I guess I should say. So if I if I came into the course and I needed to buy uh, two dozen balls, mm-hmm. you have water hazards. Yes. Yeah. Yes, and we and we do sell balls there. <laughs> okay, but if I need a, to rent a set of clubs, you don't have those. We do not. Um, we will put some together if it's a big outing and there might be a few people that need some sets of clubs, but most generally we don't have the rental clubs. Okay, good. Uh, we're going. Uh, Missy has agreed to uh, take questions from our audience. Our call-in number is, as usual, 646-595-4916. And we'll be able to screen the calls during the uh, commercial breaks. And that's exactly what we're going to do now. So if you want to call in and ask Missy a question, go right ahead. Hi, I'm Mike Roth, founder and president of Sandler Training by Roth & Associates. You've been listening to me talk about sales, growth, and development for years. Now listen to what my clients have to say. Hi. This is meteorologist Rich Apuzo, Chief Operating Officer at Sky Eye Weather. We are consultants for multi-million dollar businesses that are directly impacted by the weather. I've been a client of Sandler Training by Mike Roth for just over six months, yet even in these tough economic times, our business continues to grow. Mike has done an amazing job with me, and I want to thank the folks at Sandler Training by Roth & Associates for all their help. And hey, when you're talking to Mike about sales, if you need a meteorologist, ask for my number. I'm Eric Harding of Lear Capital, the leaders in tangible wealth protection, gold and silver. I've been a client of Sandler Training by Roth & Associates for over nine years. Even in these tough economic times, our business continues to thrive. In fact, I'm having a record year. Mike has really done one heck of a great job with my sales process. I want to thank the folks at Sandler for all of their help. If you want help on owning the right forms of gold and silver, call Mike. He'll give you my number. Then ask Mike how he can help you have a record year in 2009. Hi, I'm Rick Myronfeld, mortgage loan officer at U.S. Bank Home Mortgage. 
It's no secret that these are volatile times in the financial community. I recognized that I needed help. A business associate highly recommended Sandler training by Roth & Associates. Best business advice that I have ever received. What a difference Mike Roth at Sandler Training has made in my life. Hello, Southwest Ohio. I'm Matthew Moats, Jr., founder and president of Avalanche Ice, LLC. We're in the business of supplying packaged ice to retailers, restaurants, parties, and festivals in the Cincinnati, northern Kentucky area. I realized the need for having a strong sales system, so I started attending Sandler Sales Training by Roth & Associates about a year ago. The results have been phenomenal. So if you want to heat up sales and cool down the competition, you owe it to yourself to go see Mike Roth at Roth & Associates. Hi, I'm George Atoni, CEO of Vice Versa Translation Services. I started working with Mike Roth and Sandler in 1992. I was laid off as an engineer from GE Aircraft Engines, and with my severance pay, I bought a lifetime membership in the President's Club. Well, if Mike can train an engineer to have the confidence to sell translations into foreign languages, he can train anyone to be successful. Thanks, Mike. And uh, when you're talking to Mike about sales, ask him to give you my number if you need translations. Tenha um bom dia muito obrigado. This is Mike Roth and Missy Kirkpatrick uh, from Lindale and Taylor Glen Golf Courses. Missy, why don't you tell our listeners how they can get a hold of you after the show? You can contact me. I'm mainly at Lindale's course. The number there is 513-797-7300. That's the same number you would call to schedule tea times. Mm-hmm. You also can email me at missy at lindalegolf.com. And lindalegolf.com is your website? Yes. Okay. Uh, so in the, in the scheme of things, if, if a company or a club like the Rotary Club wanted to book a golf outing mm-hmm. at Lindale, uh, and they didn't know how many people were bringing their own clubs and how many people were going to need in quotation marks, rental clubs. Mm-hmm. How do you accommodate that type of group? Most of the time, groups will accommodate their own needs with clubs when they do an outing. Mm-hmm. It seems that they know a friend of a friend or someone has extra sets of clubs. Now, as far as setting up the outing itself, I work with them one-on-one to make sure that we give them the best pricing. We have a very low price for our outings for most closed course, meaning that they're the only group on the course for five hours Mm -hmm. and providing them a meal afterwards. We can accommodate up to 125 golfers comfortably for the meal as well as for the 18-hole round of golf. But recently, we've also done some outings where they've decided they only want to play nine holes of golf and follow that up with lunch afterwards Mm -hmm. or lunch first and then nine holes. That's been a real popular type of outing um, because that way – it doesn't take your whole entire day because mm-hmm. an 18 hole outing can take you six, seven, eight hours, depending on pace of play and awards and all of that. So I'm really encouraging a lot of companies that want to do something small, you know, for smaller groups, maybe like the Rotary Club to do a nine hole followed up with a, a luncheon with a meet and greet and that type of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You should really talk to a president, Bud about that. Okay. Uh, because they've always done uh, golf outings at places like O'Banion Creek. Mm-hmm. And it burns off a whole day, and right. I'm just not that into golf to burn off a whole day. <laughs> exactly. Uh, in terms of the uh, the meals, you can serve a full dinner or a full lunch at, at the mm-hmm. both clubs. Yes, yes. Accommodating up to 125 people. Right, and we do that through a catering service. We, our facilities doesn't accommodate doesn't have the facilities to actually do the catering in-house, but we have some special agreements with some con- um, catering services that we're able to provide pretty good meals 
whether it be, you know, your hot dogs, hamburgers cooked right there on the grill up to barbecue or grilled chicken, those types of things. Um, or you can just do like a baked potato bar or you could do a salad bar, those kind of things too. Okay, so you, you, you can keep a budget. Yes. Mm-hmm. And that's my whole thing when I work with clients that want to raise money for a particular uh, organization mm-hmm. or fundraiser, whether it be for sports or cancer or something like that. I know the the mission behind that is to raise a lot of money for that group. Mm-hmm. And so there's where I can give my expertise after doing this for 10 years and being a golfer myself and knowing what I like now to help them. How can I get the best return on this investment by putting together a, a golf outing? Or what happens if you have a, a golf outing planned and you got a rainy day like yesterday? Yeah, that's always the the scary part of scheduling something so far in advance because you really need to schedule it six to eight months in advance just to do the marketing for it and get people there. We, we will offer a rain-out date that they can put to their flyer. So if it's on this Saturday, the rain-out date might be the following Saturday. Okay. We have had outings that show up and it rains too hard. We still have to provide the catered food, um, but we do our best to help with the group and so that they don't lose out on their end of the money. Mm-hmm. Um, we may need to adjust our pricing or something like that, but we definitely understand that can happen. But most of the time we've been very fortunate that everything's gone really well mm-hmm. and the rain's held off or rained early, stopped, and then came back in the end. So uh, what you said was, uh, I guess on the weekends, that the mornings are, are really heavily booked. Mm-hmm. What happens in the afternoons? Afternoons usually have a much slower amount of play. Mm-hmm. And then usually we come back around 4 o'clock or so and we start booking up again. It seems like people will come in maybe after they've done their sports with their kids or they've done their family thing. They want to come in and get nine holes in after 4 o'clock or 5 o'clock. And then the course will pick up um, from there. So is there like a uh, a last tee-off time or a closing time mm-hmm. on your course? We do. We have usually we have leagues through the week, so that will cut off earlier for people to be able to play. So before five o'clock, some sometimes it might be before four o'clock. It just depends on because we have leagues that are so big they shotgun and they take the whole side of the course or both sides of the course. On the weekends, we usually wrap up at five thirty would be our last nine hole. Um, sometimes we have to close a little bit earlier. That's why we ask for scheduled tee times because we might have to do some spray or some maintenance on the course. And we usually find in the evening on the weekend might be the better time to to do that. Mm-hmm. Are you open 12 months a year? We are. We are open weather permitting. Usually if it's 40 to 45 degrees or above, we'll open Lindale. Mm-hmm. Taylor doesn't open as much because having both and trying to open them both in the winter, we found that it's more um, efficient to keep just the one open. And we just, have to pay attention to it might be 40 or 45 degrees but we might still have a foot of snow on the ground so it, it's kind of a juggling system mm-hmm. but yeah i don't play in the winter so <laughs> people use an orange colored ball or something um sometimes they do yes mm-hmm. okay uh so i gotta ask this question you've been playing for five years have you ever gotten a hole in one i have not but i've been within inches a couple of times within inches yes yes okay and uh as a golf club owner yourself, how many times a week do you play or play per month? You would think only two golf courses. I would golf all the time. But mm-hmm. unfortunately, as an owner of any business probably can relate, you are put last on the list of being able to do those. Right now, I'm only playing one night a week in my league mm-hmm. because of you know staffing and, and being inside doing some more uh, PR 
work has limited my time on the course because I want to spend some time outside of the course marketing and, and promoting the course. So prior to this year, though, I would golf at least two 18-hole rounds and two nine-hole rounds a week. Mm-hmm. Does your husband golf, too? He does. He does. And he probably golfs about two or three times a week, nine holes mostly. It's very rare that he can get 18 holes in. Mm-hmm. And uh, why don't you take a moment and tell our, our listeners who aren't familiar with golf leagues about how a golf league works. Okay, sure. Golf leagues are really a great opportunity for either groups that work together in business or, like, for instance, we have the women's league, so women come together and play one night a week. It's a nine-hole round. We usually start at 5.30, 5 or 5.30. We can do leagues earlier. We have some leagues that start at 3.30 or 4. Some start at 6. If you have 12 or more that's committed to playing each week and they can sign up for a 16-week or a 20-week, a play. We have you pay greens fees up front for half the year mm-hmm. or half the time, and then you pay the other half mid mid part of the time. So if you did 16 weeks, you'd pay for eight weeks, and then you would pay for the following eight weeks um, mid-season. So that kind of helps with your budget and also gives you a commitment to come and play more golf because without putting you know some skin in the game, meaning money, mm-hmm. sometimes we're like, oh, I'll golf next week or I'll golf. But it, it definitely is, is a commitment to allow you to at least golf one day a week. Mm-hmm. So what does it cost for an average round of golf, you know, if you're going to go there and you're going to rent the golf cart? Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, our price always includes the cart, which most courses don't always have that. So there's no extra fee for a golf cart. There's no extra fee for the golf cart. Mm -hmm. And at Lindale, we're at 27 through the week for 18 holes and Mm -hmm. 32 on the weekends for 18 holes. So that's that's pretty reasonable. Very reasonable. Very reasonable. Mm what is the most uh, difficult hole on your golf course? Hmm. We have one hole that is deceiving because there's water that runs in front of it at Lindale. That's hole number 16. That's a little tricky because even when you make your shot to the top of the hill to go over the water, that can you know the water is so wide. We also at Taylor have an island green, which is hole number four, which is also a dog leg, a slight dog leg to the right. So that's pretty challenging for a lot of, of people as well. Just that water in front of a green, trying to place the ball on the green. Sometimes it seems like you tend to miss it more times than not. So when you say island, does that mean it's completely surrounded mm-hmm. by water? It is. There's a bridge that takes you over to finish out on the green. Okay, so you mm-hmm. leave your golf cart on the Mm-hmm. Fourth side of the bridge, walk over the bridge with your putter. Yes, exactly. Okay. Yeah. Now, I was always curious, do you have a, a crew that goes into the water hazards to retrieve balls? When the boys were younger, that yeah. was their highlight to go do that. As they got older, they decided they didn't like that as much. So we do have periodically a company that will come in and actually scuba dive down and, and clean them out. Okay. Is there a uh, a driving range associated with either one of the two courses? Neither course has a driving range, unfortunately. Um, we do have a putting area that you can do some chipping and putting around. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, are there any other special facilities at, at either one of the two courses? We do offer rental of the clubhouses. So if you're looking to have a baby shower or you're looking to have you know, a wedding shower or something like that. Of course, the clubhouses aren't necessarily big enough to do a big wedding, Mm -hmm. but we've done anniversary parties and things like that. So those are available for rental. Um, We would take care of that kind of like we do the outings. We can do that Mm -hmm. year-round. 
What was the biggest event that you had in the last year? We have a lot of company outings that um, bring in about 140 people to to the outing. So that's usually a big event. And we did have a 70th birthday party that had 70 people attend that one. So that was a surprise to have that many people um, show up for that type of event. Was that a surprise party? Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. So the guy went out, well, mm-hmm. a lady went out to play golf? No, they they scheduled it off golf season. So they just invited him. I forget how they got him to come there, but they had it all set up. So it was a surprise. We've had a couple like that. Okay. That sounds great. Uh, again, uh, Missy has agreed to uh, take questions from the audience. If you have a question, you can call in on 646-595-4916. We're going to listen to a uh, San Rule. We're going to try to attempt to listen to San Rule number 44. talk about rule 44. If your foot hurts, you're probably standing on your own toe. Here's an example. You go through your proposal with the prospect. Everything looks great. Your prospect is responding in a positive fashion to the information that you brought to the table. Um, Everyone feels good. You wrap up and move forward for the order only to find that the prospect says that they have to take your information to a committee. At this point, you can get angry with the prospect. Why didn't they bring that up? Why didn't they tell you that they were going to have to take this information to somebody else before they could make a decision? Well, it's your job to ask the right questions to uncover roadblocks and potential problems ahead of time so that you don't find yourself scrambling at a future date when it's already too late. So take responsibility when the prospect brings up new problems and challenges. If you ask the right questions ahead of time, you can diffuse a situation before it's too late. And next time you're faced with the situation, the results will be positive. This is Mike Roth and Missy Kirkpatrick. Uh, we're talking golf today on a little bit of an unusual show. Uh, and again, if you, the last opportunity to uh, ask Missy a direct question will be in about 12 minutes on 513-646-65. No, that's my cell phone number. That's a mistake. <laughs> uh, 646 area code, 595-4916. Proving once again, you should never put your brain in autopilot. <laughs> okay. Um, so you, your family has owned two golf courses for six years, two for four years, mm-hmm. and one for ten years. Mm-hmm. Uh, are the golf courses reaching their financial goals for you? The last couple of years has been definitely harder on us than most years, and that's due to the weather. When you're in a business that relies on the weather, it can definitely hurt the revenue only because, for instance, if you have Father's Day be a rainy day, you can never recoup what income would have come from that. Mm-hmm. So the budgeting system for golf courses is very tricky at times, and it never is based on a 12-month uh, system. Right, because you don't have a 12-month year. Exactly. And even though you count on a nine-month year, 
you pretty much budget for six months. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How many employees do you have during a uh, summer season? Up to 12 is probably what we hire between the two courses. Mm-hmm. The staff that we have that works for us, we do it at a very minimal amount of staff mm-hmm. so that we can get the job done and pay them a salary wage that they're happy with because it is a short-term season. April through October is usually our scheduled months, like the 1st of April through the 1st of October. Some people hang around and work every year with you? or They do. They'll come back. But oftentimes we lose them because in the winter when there's no work, they find full-time they employment. They become a welder. Yes, <laughs> exactly. Exactly. They don't need the extra work. Right. Um, what is your best source of new employees at the golf course? This has been something I've been trying to figure out for a long time. We've done things like Craigslist. We've done Facebook posts. We've done newspaper advertisements, word of mouth. Usually word of mouth seems to be where we'll find one person who knows 10 other people. That's been our most successful. But usually we start posting come January or February that we'll be hiring, and then from that we just pull from there. So in other words, you don't go to the local football coach and say, hey, I got a job for your, your guys in the summertime. We do not. Have you ever tried that? The thing with school mm-hmm. is the schedule, you, they're not available till June until, you know, they're they're out at, in May and then back in school in August. Even so like college is for the longest right. period of time. Exactly. That's, that's the part that runs into scheduling and having someone because we need them the whole time, not just a month or two. Um, to cover, mm-hmm. to cover the job. Uh, I'm curious. Do you share equipment uh, at both courses, lawn mowing equipment, or if we need to? If we need to, we both courses are equipped with their equipment. Mm-hmm. But if we have a breakdown or one needs to go into service, then we do have the capability to haul the equipment from one course to the other. Mm-hmm. Which that doesn't happen a whole lot. Thank goodness. Okay. Uh, So weather is a a significant factor. Have you done anything to uh, to boost sales of either golf memberships or uh, leagues? What what I did this year, we don't have memberships anymore. Mm-hmm. I did a loyalty card program, which has been well received by a lot of the golfers. What my focus was is I see a golfer once or twice a week, and mm-hmm. I feel like. They can't afford, so to speak, a membership for the entire year, but they're committed to play there. So what I did is every time they play, we have the card. They get a stamp on it. After they play 10 rounds, I'm going to give them a free round and lunch. And, and lunch. Yes. So And, and the, there's a drink, and then there's a drink and a lunch, and then there's the free round. They can use that one doesn't override the other. So on the fifth stamp, they get their free drink. They can have it that day. When they get the tenth stamp, which is a nine free holes, they can take that. When you say a drink, do you mean a Coca-Cola type product or a, a adult beverage? Yes. Okay, so yes. <laughs> whatever they like. Yes. That's yes. good. That's yes. good. So that's been well received, like I said, by the golfers because now those that we see once a week or even we have some groups that schedule a tee time to play twice a month at a certain time or every other month. So we keep that all scheduled for them. They don't have to call and make it because there's a lot of groups that travel around to different mm-hmm. courses. Mm-hmm. And then our leagues, we take care of them, too. We usually do things with uh, providing a T-shirt or a pizza party or, you know, league appreciation gifts. So we do that as well. How do you get uh, groups to formally? To formally join? Form or, a league. Oh, form a league. I'm sorry. 
the leaks that we have now have been there probably since the course opened, the majority of them. Mm-hmm. Well, I imagine then some of those people are getting older. Yes, yes. The courses are there 20 years? Mm-hmm, be 20 years next year for Lindale, and I think Taylor would be 18. Mm-hmm. Um, what I do is when I talk to people that I know play, you know, I'll be like, hey, have you ever thought about joining a league? Or, hey, we have a league. We do have an open league on Friday night for men. It's a two-man scramble. We also do a Saturday afternoon two-man scramble. So, so, so you know, I know what scrambled eggs are. Yeah. <laughs> Why don't you tell us, our listeners, what a scramble league is? <laughs> the scramble is pairing two people together mm-hmm. by drawing their names, mm-hmm. and then they play the best ball for the nine holes. So most people know best ball format. So both people hit whatever ball is the best, go up to that ball. They both hit from that spot, go to the next best ball. They both hit from oh, that spot. So they spot. each play their own ball, and whichever one lands in the best place, that's where the next shot comes from. Yes, exactly, exactly. And that's how a four-person scramble would be, which is what most of your fundraiser activities are with the scramble. Now, in a scramble, does everyone start on the first tee, or do they start on different tees? On different tees which is called a shotgun start. Okay, so that that makes it play faster? Yes, yes, because you would start everybody on different holes, expecting everyone would finish around the same time or within 20 to 30 minutes of one another. Mm-hmm. And we do that with our leagues also. We offer a shotgun start so that they can be finished up at the same time as well. Uh, the way the courses are laid out, is there a, uh, a, a natural uh, comeback to the clubhouse at the ninth hole? Mm-hmm. Both courses are like that. So you can come in on the turn, so to speak, is what we call that. When you come from 9 to 10, mm-hmm. you might leave at that point. Or you come in, we have the the deli or the snack bar, which we serve great food, burgers, hot dogs, mets, brats, um, beverages, adult beverages. And then when you come off, we when you tee off on 10, then when you come back around 18, then you can um, come back around to the clubhouse as well. Okay, so you can stop for lunch at the 9th. Mm-hmm. In between hole nine and, and hole ten. Yes. Yes. Okay. And then we do have a beverage cart person that goes out on the weekends yes. and for our leagues. So she's serving snacks and beverages for the golfers. So that if you're on hole four and it's ninety eight degrees, you hope that you see her out there so that you can buy a beverage off of her. Oh, is, is there a telephone number you can dial on <laughs> you your can. cell phone to get to get yes. the uh, the cart out to the next hole? Exactly. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. That's that's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. That's pretty cool. On your website, is there a layout of the golf course? There is a layout of each of the holes on both of the on both of the websites, taylorglenn.com, lindalegolf.com. We also have a link to our Facebook page on our website, and we also update our Facebook regularly with upcoming events and information and just general golf stuff. Mm-hmm. Do you have a, uh, a low-skill golf league for beginners? Right. For the women, because of my movement to bring more mm-hmm. women into the sure. game of golf um, with the free workshops that I do, as well as having them come on the what I call the, the field, the training ground, there is opportunities to join our women's golf leagues. Mondays or Wednesdays, that could change next season, but we I try to keep that information updated. So we usually start forming leagues about January. So that would be the time to check in to see what's available or at least get on our email list so that you would get the email blast of what's coming up and what's available for so play. If, so if a woman didn't have any golf experience, a very extremely limited golf experience, mm-hmm. uh, how would they begin? 
they would call me and we would let them know when they when the next round of workshops. I do a two and a half hour workshop that teaches the etiquette, the how to score, how what's the layout of the course, what clubs do I need, do I have to wear certain shoes? So that's shoes. like a uh, a classroom experience. Yes, I do that in the clubhouse. I have mm-hmm. handouts, materials, take home for them to do that. How often is that done? I had hoped to do it more often than I have this year. I actually ran some in February, mm-hmm. and then I ran them again in July. Mm-hmm. So my intention is to try to get another one in by fall and then have three times a year is, is the plan moving forward. And then in between that would be the, the four weeks of on-the-course instruction, which that does come at a fee. That one's not free, but the workshops are. The workshops are free. Mm-hmm. And... You have a golf instructor? That was me. That, that is me. That, that is mm-hmm. you? Yes. So you actually go out on the course with the players Yes. and say, this is the way you need to hold the club and this on this hole, because it's 170 yards, you need to use this wood or iron. So it would seem that way, but with my format and style, we start 100 yards out from the green, and I give them a pitching wedge and about 20 balls, and they start to hit. They can hold the club however they would like to hold the club. They can stand however they would like to stand. I show them how I do it and mm-hmm. what's recommended and the different ways you can do things. But that's my whole belief is they need to learn it on their terms and feel comfortable with themselves so that they're not intimidated. And that's what I'm building is the confidence to know that they can do it however they want to do that. And I can teach up to three women at one time, which I've had several go through my course and I have information, you know, that they've provided where now they're playing all the time and they love it and that's just what they needed. So it's it's very, been very inspiring for me to continue on with, with my mission because I know how much it lights me up. So it's nice to see yeah, them I feel that I can see that, that in your face. <laughs> uh, again, this will be the last opportunity to call in with a question for uh, Missy. The number is 646-595-4916. Uh, just out of curiosity, Missy, uh, how many new women golfers uh, have you trained in 2015? There were six that went through the on-the-course training, mm-hmm. and I've only offered that one time. So I have scheduled to plan some more starting in August. It's just with my schedule, it was limited, and we had some staffing problems, so I wasn't able to provide that. But six women actually did the um, on-the-course training with me. Back in, uh, Sounds like you need to do some uh, direct marketing to get more women out on the golf course. Yes. So what does it cost uh, a woman who wants to be active in, in a league? As of this season? Yeah, this season. Um, if they, this, we have a eight-week league is what mm-hmm. the women that I play with on Wednesday nights. And the investment, because we do extra money for prizes and games and and our our party that we do at the end and things like that. Sure. So it was um, just a little over $200 for for total total for eight weeks. So that would include your golf and your prize money because we do prizes every week. Mm -hmm. Because you got to have it fun, right? You're not having fun unless you're getting some prizes. That's right. That's right. And what would a prize uh, be for? Closest to the pen, Mm -hmm. um, birdies or better. Mm Mm-hmm. Then we do. Then we'll pick something like maybe the most fairways hit or the most pars. Or so we usually have four games a night. Um, we have low low team. You and your partner's low team score, and okay. then we have individual low score. And we don't do anything with handicaps because we feel like 
the handicap system for women just learning to play doesn't really need to be a part of our game. So we have good times. Good. We're going to uh, take a uh, another short commercial break here, and uh, we'll be back in a couple of minutes. When you hear about a typical sales training program, does it usually involve a one- or two-day seminar where some alleged guru passes down what he claims are the secrets to making sales? At Roth & Associates, I'm the most experienced sandless sales trainer in Cincinnati. We recognize that truisms and motivating speeches aren't enough to arm sales teams with the tools they need for success. Sales is a hard business. Typical sales training can only provide typical and disappointing results. At Roth & Associates, we use the Sandler methodology of continual reinforcement and ongoing training seminars along with individual coaching to ensure victory in the world of sales. We've been doing it here in Cincinnati for over 15 years. You won't fail because I won't let you. Roth & Associates, 513-646-6523. 513-646-6523. On the web at rothconsulting.net. Finding power. In reinforcement. This is a message for professional salespeople. It's an unusual message. I'm going to tell you that our product is expensive and difficult. It takes effort to use and it's not for everyone. We provide difficult but effective sales training. It's the kind of training familiar to champion athletes. It builds winners in the world of business. We don't promise quick fixes or color brochures, only hard work that will teach you how to sell effectively even when your price is higher. If you're tired of hearing, I want to think it over. If you're finally ready to invest in yourself and your sales career and learn how to close more business faster, call me, Mike Roth, 513-646-6523, and we'll invite you to our next Lunch and Learn Sales Discovery Workshop, 513-646-6523. This is Mike Roth. I'm back with Missy Kirkpatrick. Let's ask you one of my favorite questions, Missy. You've been acting as a leader uh, for at least four years in the golf business, six years in the golf business. Okay. Uh, Why don't you give our listeners a leadership tip from your perspective? Okay. So a leadership tip from my perspective. I think there's a lot of value in knowing your staff members and knowing there's value in what they have to say. I found when I tried to be the leader and everybody who does what I expect them or want them or need them to do and didn't want to hear any complaints or any questions, that didn't work as effectively as now when I get to know them, get to understand them, want to know their thoughts and their opinions. And of course, that has to be managed, obviously, mm-hmm. but it has made such a better relationship and a better relationship outside of just us, but with the customer and things too. Like you can see that I'm more of a role model for them Mm -hmm. and I want them to question, why do you do it this way? Or why do you say that? So the leadership is just allowing them to be involved with, with those leadership decisions because they're important too. Okay. If I were to ask (laughs) your employees to describe the corporate culture at Taylor Glenn and Lindale, what would they tell us? They would tell you they absolutely love working for us because they become a part of our family. We're family-owned and operated. We understand the value of family Mm -hmm. and the importance of that and the relationships that we build with them on a personal level to meet their needs as well as them meeting our needs. 
that when they do have to leave us, it's always kind of a bittersweet goodbye. They're moving on to better things, but yet we we are connected in a in a much deeper level than just the employee side of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, your product, uh, golf, mm-hmm. uh, and the services that you provide around that are, are the visible images of of your companies and your golf courses. What messages do you think they're sending to your customers? So the visibility when they come into the course, um, the relationships that we build with our our golfers, I know their names, I know what they eat for lunch, I know a lot about them, I know if they're going to play nine holes or 18 holes. Those are the things that, and, and they know that we're taking care of the course, they can talk to the superintendent about things, they see that. So when you have a relationship like that, that's what we strive to do. We may not always have the top of the line, whatever, and the course might have problems at times with the weather or, or, or things of that nature. But I think the overall experience and being there and seeing, you know, what we are as a committed business owner and providing entertainment for mm-hmm. others and knowing that that isn't always in the budget, but we want to work with them to be able to do that. There's a lot of those little things that I think make our places a lot different than some of the other places that you would go to. So at your courses, you're dealing directly with an owner. Mm-hmm. Exactly. As opposed to an employee. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Well, that's good. Uh, are there any changes you think you need to uh, implement to ensure your long-term success? We just got to hope that someone in the golf industry or the L- uh, PGA mm-hmm. <laughs> is going to make things explode like it did when Tiger Woods first came up. Because that, to me, is when people, when they're watching golf and they see all this excitement and I can do this, I can be this that's when you start getting more and more people to come out and play. When there's a big tournament on, on Sunday afternoon, mm-hmm. here comes people wanting to play nine holes real quick because they watched golf all weekend. So jokingly, that would be the thing that would up-level the golf because with the way things were a couple of years ago and, and people with their budgets and their finances, it seemed that the guys we saw three and four times a week were only golfing maybe one or two times a week, so or maybe not at all. Um, so that's what we, we just need to allow people to experience the game, find a way to fit it into their budget, and to recognize that it's not just the game of golf that they're doing. I'm a big Bagger, Bagger Vance fan for that movie, and it, you know, it's, it, there's Which so much movie? Bagger Vance. Uh, maybe. <laughs> Had maybe. Will Smith in it. Yeah, it's one of the golf shows, movies. Oh. But it's it's more than just being out there, you hitting the ball. There are so many other things that come along with playing golf, with relationships and networking and being in nature and seeing the wildlife and just, you know, having that desire to always do better and know that after one hole you have another hole that you can try to do, you know, good. So I see a lot of that as more than just the game of golf. How are you reaching out to new players? We obviously use our website doing um, email blasts um, and using Facebook. The relationship conversations that we have with golfers that play there, mm-hmm. our leagues, we try to promote to them to do that. But, again, it goes back to the word of mouth because there's more evidence. Well, when I do networking things, too, I hand out things. So I have evidence of when people come back and play the course rather than posting a, an ad in the newspaper and, and seeing, you know, does anybody respond to that? Right. Since I don't play golf on a regular basis, uh, uh, how does your course compare from a course perspective to playing another uh, public course? Because you don't play that often, mm-hmm. you would probably not want to be playing right in the midst of a busy time. 
and you would want to come at a time that you could play at your leisure or play with someone that would play with you that We'll also play miserable golf. Right, exactly. Right, right. So in some ways, I hate to say that we're not so busy that we can accommodate that, but in some ways, the way our course is laid out, it is accommodating for that, that you can still go out and play rather quickly mm-hmm. versus taking forever on a much longer course or a much busier course. How long is the co- are the co- two courses? Hmm. I don't have that number. It's on the scorecard. Okay. and, uh, and like, <laughs> It's on our website. Do you have like uh, two or three tees on each hole, a professional, a men's mm-hmm. and a ladies? We do. Taylor has three sets and Lindale has four. So we, we have four blues and blacks for the guys, and then we have the senior tees for the men. Um, I think they play 60 and older, play those, and then we have the women's tees. So where are the uh, where are the senior tees? <laughs> are they closer than the women's tees? Uh, no, just behind them. <laughs> oh. Okay. Uh, I actually did pick up a golf club uh, last month when I was down in Florida, mm-hmm. and uh, about half of the shots that I that I made that were near water managed to find the water. <laughs> of course. Yeah. Some of them were nice hits, but. Yeah. Uh, well, because that's what you were thinking. I don't want the ball to go in the water, and the no, universe I, said, "There you go." <laughs> I, 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 this was on. The, they had water on the driving range, oh. and uh, I was just on most of the shots, John, flat out shoot as far as I could, as straight as I could, mm-hmm. and uh, it was interesting. I, I made the mistake of going out at uh, at noon time in Florida, oh. and it was just brutally hot. Yes, yes. And uh, I can understand why people will tee off at four o'clock, mm-hmm. yeah, as opposed to uh, much earlier in the day. Right. When you uh, you, you look at the components for growing uh, your business at the two golf courses, uh, do they center mainly on strategy, people, or process? People. People. Mm-hmm. People that are open to. A new experience, opening to learning new things, or even just, like we said, doing the leagues and things like that, being able to have that opportunity. But it's a people-based business. It's all about finding the people. Good. I want to thank you for uh, being on the show with us today, Missy. Thank you. And I'm going to give you a copy of uh, one of Sandler's newest books, uh, Transforming Leaders in the Sandler Way. Mm, And you'll notice that a guy named Mike Roth actually wrote the uh, foreword on that book. (laughs) Inside the front cover, you'll find a uh, million dollars that we help each, most people make a copy of our calendar, invitation to uh, as a free pass to uh, one of our business development programs for you. Oh, love that! Thank you. And thank us, thanks again for uh, joining us here on the show, uh, Scott. Uh, why don't you uh, take it away and close out the show? Thanks for listening. This program is the property of Sandler Training by Roth & Associates, Inc. The show may be distributed only with written permission and then only in its entirety. If you have any questions or comments, contact Mike at MikeRoth at RothConsulting.net or call Mike at 513-753-9400.